National Association for the Visual Arts is the peak body protecting and promoting the professional interests of the Australian visual arts. NAVA in Conversation is a series exploring the issues and challenges of working in the sector. We speak with artists, curators and administrators to gain insight into the experiences of contemporary practice and seek to propose ideas for change, progress and resilience in both local and global contexts. Carl, I'm the CEO and Artistic Director of the Australian Design Centre, which is located in William Street in Darlinghurst in Sydney. Uh, I have been um, in this role for 18 months and it's, um, it's you know, been a fantastic journey uh, over that period um, to really look at how you know, we can continue to better support craft and design in Australia. We moved into this space around the time that I started with the organisation in 2015. So we've only been in William Street in Darlinghurst for two years, uh, prior to that in Burke Street in Surrey Hills. And so this couple of years has really been a fantastic opportunity to um, reimagine the organisation and reimagine us in a different location, reimagine us in a, in a different space. Uh, our gallery spaces are completely different to what we had in the previous location and so this has been a fantastic chance to kind of go we're here in Darlinghurst how can we really make this work and one of the best features that we have uh, is our windows and you know we're, we're right on the street people are driving and walking past all day and all night and these windows in these spaces have given us a great opportunity to animate the street my name's Penny Craswell and I'm the Creative Strategy Associate at the Australian Design Centre. I started here in April this year and it's been a really exciting time to join the organisation. Uh, my background is in design magazines and as a writer, so I bring those skills to it, um, but I'm also really excited to be working on um, the forward plan planning for the organisation and also um, Sydney Craft Week. I think it was my first day in the job that Lisa called me in the office and said, I have an idea. And Sydney Craft Week was it. Um, and uh, I said, yes, let's do it. So um, it's been a great, exciting journey. Sydney Craft Week has been about celebrating all the craft that is actually happening in Sydney anyway. There's a huge range of makers from jewellers to ceramicists to um, textile artists and all sorts of different mediums and they work, you know, day in, day out, creating, selling, sharing skills and I think this was an opportunity to bring everyone together and tell everyone what the others are doing and um, give the wider public an opportunity to get involved to um, learn a new skill or buy handmade goods. So it's been a fantastic um, event, I think. As an organisation, we noticed that this resurgence of interest in handmade and craft, and you know, while it's been something that we have supported and showcased for more than 50 years as an organisation, we really felt that it was time to go back to those roots and to to celebrate the makers and to um, 
capitalise, if you like, on, on, the, uh, on the, this resurgence of interest in the handmade and making, both from the perspective of the professional maker and the amateur who really just wants to, to do something with their hands. So we, um, uh, through, through that sort of trajectory, that's how our programming is starting to evolve. And, you know, I think about a year ago, I wrote down in my in my iPhone notes, Sydney Craft Week. And then um, it was in April when Penny um, took on the role of creative strategy associate that I thought, I think now's the time. I think now's the time that where we can actually say, put Sydney Craft Week out there as an opportunity um, for for people, for organisations, for makers, for uh, galleries, for retail stores to kind of, you know, say, how about this? How about we do something and put something in the cultural calendar of Sydney that is about craft and about, you know, building audiences for craft, supporting makers and designers, um, really kind of encouraging people to get involved in making again. And, you know, while they're there, there is that underlying resurgence of interest. It needed something, I think, like a Sydney Craft Week to elevate that interest and to give it the umbrella and almost give um, give craftspeople the permission to be on the, the city stage, if you like. We put a call out for expressions of interest and we weren't really sure how many people we'd get. We, we guessed that we would get some um, really, some of the big institutions and universities involved and we hoped that we'd also get lots of small organisations and shops and collectives and makers involved. And we were just absolutely thrilled with the response. Um, and we got everything we wanted and more. And um, we were really excited when all of the proposals started coming in. Um, and in the end, we had um, over 80 organisations um, sending things in and over 100 events. Uh, so it was a fantastic response from the community. Prior to um, putting out the call for expressions of interest, we had a focus group. We, we called in some key people in the sector, um, some people from some of the professional associations and the guilds and the galleries. And, you know, we said to them, what do you guys think of the idea of Sydney Craft Week? Because it's about you, you know, it's not about the ADC. It's about the broader craft community. And, you know, they, they, they were on the one hand excited, but on the other hand, a bit trepidatious. And I think, you know, the, the early comments were, well, oh, you mean 2018? And we said, oh, no, 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 we mean 2017. You know, we're going to do it this year. Um, and I think many people were kind of a little bit uh, scared of that, like scared of doing something quickly without proper planning. And, you know, we kind of said, well, that's the way we work here at the Australian Design Centre. You know, we want to try things. We want to pilot things. We want to not be afraid of failing. And I think uh, that... By, tell, by, by demonstrating to people that, you know, we weren't afraid to put ourselves out there, I think others kind of went, okay, well, we'll go along with this. And even for ourselves, you know, we had already set our program for 2017. And so, you know, when we, when we set the dates, we didn't have the luxury of saying, okay, this is what we're going to do in Sydney Craft Week. We already had that pre-planned. So thankfully, you know, there were two craft-related exhi craft exhibitions on in our program, in our gallery space. So that worked really well um, for us. And others just went, we just went to them, okay, well, what have you got on during that time of the year? Just, that's it. That's your Sydney Craft Week event. You know, it's about promoting that and it's about elevating the promotion of that under the umbrella of a broader um, city-wide, greater Sydney-wide cultural event. Mm. The other thing we had was a huge number of workshops. 
So I think we had um, 40 organisations offering workshops and many of those offering more than one. Um, several organisations offered six or more workshops. So there was a fantastic um, sense of passing on skills, um, of people learning something new or refining what they already knew um, and that was exactly what we wanted. Myself personally, I went to the Pussy Hat Making Workshop, which was fantastic. Um, so it was a group of women, it was led by um, Shared Threads, which is a collective who are interested in knitting and activism. Um, and I, I'm a beginner, so I, I was learning how to do Knit 2, Pearl 2 um, and uh, to make my pussy hat, which is now finished and only has one small hole. Um, and, um, yeah, it was fascinating. And um, Megan Calusi gave a, a really interesting talk about activism and knitting. And we talked about the health benefits of, of craft and uh, it's really fascinating to learn about how um, there are communi communities all around the world who are using things like knitting circles to really connect again in a low-tech way with community and just feel really, um, you know, I think life is so fast now and we're so addicted to those screens and scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and um, it's really nice to be able to just sit in a group and do something physical and make something with your hands. Uh, I think it's really good for the spirit. Traditionally, um, craft has been something that has encouraged community. So it might be around the kitchen table, you know, it might be, it, it's, it, it's all of those traditional things that we think of when we think about craft, mainly textile craft, you know, um, embroidery and sewing and knitting and crocheting and, and it's uh, generation, it's passing down of skills through generations, it's, you know, grandmothers teaching granddaughters and grandsons to knit, many granddaughters probably in those days, to knit and to crochet and to sew and I think, you know, that's, it's developed community, it's developed family. Um. Men's Sheds is another example of how communities can come together through craft and in this case men coming together to make things out of wood and chat. It's a fantastic thing and um, craft is also something that you can do on your own and that gives you that sense of mindfulness and of concentrating on one thing only and it has a very meditative quality to it. Um, and, you know, I think people are need that in their lives um, at the moment and so um, people are rediscovering these old skills in a new way. Craft is really about the hand, it's about the skilled, skilled, make, skilled making really and I think we're finding more and more visual artists right across that spectrum actually learning making skills and folding that into their um, conceptual ideas for you know making contemporary, contemporary visual art. So I think that they're less and less um, 
I think the silos are, are, are really no longer important. You know, there isn't craft, visual art, design. I think you'll find designers, craftspeople, artists are all employing the the thinking, the the the, the manual skill, the um, you know, in their practice in multifarious kinds of ways. And you know, I had this conversation with um, Oliver Smith, who was a board member from Sydney College of the Arts, and you know, he said he 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 he. He uh, is the the head of the undergraduate studies area, and he he says that um, the students coming through don't care about any of those old silos anymore. You know, they're not interested in in whether they're a designer or a craftsperson. They're an artist, and they you know they may employ they may um, they may go off and learn jewelry making, and they may employ that in a major installation, you know, outdoor installation, or you know they might look at doing. Um, Ceramics, and then that might may form um, some kind of mural making or two D um, exploration as opposed to a three D object, you know, taking an object based discipline and turning that into you know a visual art practice. So um, I, I just think no longer are there they're those silos, and and that's really interesting, and it's really affecting our thinking about what our programming is too. Um, that it's not necessarily about you know an exhibition on jewellery or an exhibition on ceramics you know we're often finding that many of our exhibitions traverse all of those boundaries and and um, and, and incorporate uh, people who perhaps themselves have seen themselves as, as visual artists as opposed to makers. In terms of interior design and styling trends I think um, there's been a move towards an aesthetic that is less perfect that's um, that beauty of the imperfect idea and I think that um, really <clears throat> um, allowed the crafts to shine so um, where before maybe you were buying your dinner sets of beautiful ceramics made from moulds in a, an industrial um, uh, process now you're much more interested in buying the sort of asymmetrical mug that was made by a local maker and I think um, you know it's a trend that fashion houses are also interested in the big fashion houses are looking at traditional handicrafts all around the world and taking some of those skills and collaborating with those people to create um, garments that are not they don't have that perfection of an industrial quality. They have the handmade imperfection. Um, so I think that that trend has fed the craft industry in a really nice way. And um, we all want to make, and now we feel like, um, or buy something made by someone that's local, something handmade, so where you can meet the person who actually made the thing. I think there's something really beautiful about that, and people are recognising the attraction that that brings. And I think it's also about story. You know, there there's a story behind the maker who made the cup that you're using. There's a story behind, um, you know, restaurateurs, uh, uh, you know, filling their restaurants with tableware that is made by local makers you know as opposed to the industrial process that, that you mentioned Penny and there's a real story there for the restaurant that they worked with you know ex-ceramicist to make this beautiful tableware and I think um, I think 
you know, diners really respond to that and that helps to then you know further this resurgence in appreciation for handmade work. I think the other trend as well is that craftspeople are increasingly using technology in creative ways. So the exhibition that we had at the Australian Design Centre during Sydney Craft Week, one of the two was um, biotextology by uh, Professor Melissa Noth-Tate. And essentially, her she's an engineer and she's looking at um, how cells in the body can actually inspire smart fabrics. So, I mean, this is really cutting-edge stuff, you know, um, uh, and I think it's happening all over the world that people are using 3D printing, they're using other technologies, they're, you know, um, science meets craft, craft, craft meets science, and um, that's a really exciting trend. The fabrics that Melissa is um, developing respond to the movement in the body and they respond to uh, moisture and um, those sorts of things to make them um, even more comfortable, hard-wearing and um, to give better performance. I, I think that design is all around us, you know, it's, it's in everything that we use and, um, and I think there's so much potential for um, design and making with an appreciation by a, a broader, you know, larger number of people in what craft and design can actually do. I think it's the, really, it's the fire of innovation and it, it, it's the, the, the thought that goes into um, innovations that actually then, you know, solve bigger issues. Designers and makers and creative people are always thinking, you know, they're always asking questions, they're always thinking, how can we make things better? You know, how can we, and, and that can go right from the very small, you know, individual wanting to make something better for themselves, you know, and maybe that is about their health and wanting to make in order to, to um wanting to make in order to make them feel better you know give them something to do give them something to focus on and think about um, and it can also be at the other end of the spectrum you know designers looking for ways in which we can better um, solve issues such as homelessness or you know how can we make our hospital system better how can we design our hospitals better for our for patients so you know it goes from right right from the individual individual health concerns right up to you know health concerns for the broader broader population I think we've all got a social responsibility and so I, I think but I think keenly creative people take on that social responsibility um, as something that that they that they find is really important. We have another exhibition in the gallery at the moment um, that has been on through Sydney Craft Week and that's an exhibition of work uh, by I think 40 jewellers um, based in Yurikala in Arnhem, northeast Arnhem Land and uh, that project came about um, through the work of Emily McCulloch-Childs who who's, who's uh, under the, the banner of the Indigenous Jewellery Project. Um, she took some jewellers to Yurikala to sit down and work with the artists and teach them how to uh, teach them techniques for improving their jewellery practice and then teach them new ways to express uh, their 
um, to, ex to express their art through um, through metal jewelry, which they hadn't used before, using resin, all sorts of things. Um, but really simple stuff too, you know, just like um, using the beautiful shells and shark cartilage and um, seeds um, that they string, and uh, instead of stringing them using fishing line, they taught them how to string them using silk thread, and you know, and and uh, waste and and techniques to to make the jewelry more robust and. Um, and, and then, of course, of, of higher value too. So um, it's a way of creating um, creating skills in that community, bringing that community income through the sale of work and, um, and just enabling them to create uh, the most beautiful work that uh, really resonates for all of us and, and continue to, to tell the stories of that community. I think that exhibition was really a really great example of community... Uh, bringing community together and um, it was really interesting Emily McCulloch Childs was telling us that um, that through the workshops where the makers were making jewellery and learning new skills they also um, spoke about language and about um, the words for jewellery in tr the traditional um, Yongu language there and um, that was really fascinating to me to hear that um, through those kinds of community opportunities, the language is being learnt and strengthened and shared in such a fantastic way. Part of our responsibility at the Australian Design Centre is to create opportunities and platforms for makers and designers. We do that through exhibitions, through events, so exhibitions of artists' work, through events, through providing retail opportunities, through um, helping creators to find markets for their work. Um, and, and, you know, we do that through uh, markets and other retail-type events and um, really just making connections between audiences and artists who, and then creating that um, environment and ecology and growing that ecology I guess and growing that market for the work. So I don't know that it's any really any different to any other art market I think you know and also I think we're finding um, makers and designers using um, technology to really just sell their work I mean there's so many digital opportunities through social media through Instagram to grow followings for their work and then that leads to commercial opportunities um, we're seeing platforms like uh, they've been around for a little while now but I think are growing and continuing in popularity um, the Etsy platform Example, which is a marketplace and other sorts of online marketplaces and just as it becomes easier for artists to equip themselves with digital digital tools and platforms their own websites their own social media platforms you know they're creating markets for themselves yeah and, and I think uh, it, it, those platforms provide um, ways for makers to find um, uh, to connect with other um, other designers like Penny talked before about um, brands you know finding makers and working with makers you know those platforms are providing incredible opportunities for linking and connecting different types of um, 
different types of people wanting to grow their own practice and wanting to incorporate a handmade element into that. Yeah, I think uh, if you were a maker 20 years ago, you would sell your work in the market and you'd probably get some cards made and, and um, you know, hand them out. Um, but you, your audience really would be so limited compared to now when you can be on Etsy, you can be on Instagram, you can have your own website and that's all easily accessible. And I think that's bringing craft, craftspeople together um, and allowing them to not only to connect and um, learn from each other but simply to be inspired by each other, to see what your peers are doing and to um, you know, bounce your ideas off their work um, and it's a really um, rich community these days. We've been working on a project for a little while. Um, it started off as the power of making and it kind of has now become um, this opportunity to look inside the minds of makers. We're calling it Obsessed Compelled to Make. It's 13 artists. Uh, it's a touring exhibition. It will start here at the Australian Design Centre in February 2018 and then we'll We'll travel around the country over the next um, three years to 15 other venues. Um, and the, the makers themselves, uh, we've, we've selected these makers because they have really interesting stories to tell about what inspires them and why they make, um, what their process is, you know, how, how they um, think about their work and, you know, what, what, what made them take up making as a professional practice and so we have um, people who uh, we have some furniture people who work in furniture John Goulder and Laura McCusker from Tasmania John Goulder from South Australia uh, we have um, ceramicists um, Vipu Siruslava from Victoria and Honor Freeman from South Australia um, we have a weaver Liz Williamson who of course is um, one of the Australian Design Centre's Living Treasures, Masters of Australian Craft in the show. Um, we have um, metalsmith Oliver Smith, who I mentioned earlier. Um, he'll be creating an incredible um, new range of jewellery based on his you know, really interesting um, academic um, research. We'll, we have the work of um, the jumpy desert weaver artist uh, Junkaya Tapaya, um, who is creating a woven self-portrait um, for the show. And, um, yeah, it, it's really been a fascinating process to interview these makers in a different way. We're less interested in their work in this exhibition, perhaps, although, you know, there will be some amazing work in the exhibition. We're, we're more interested in... in what, what compels them to make and so there'll be a series of video portraits which will sit alongside each of the works and um, they're being made at the moment and, and a book as well um, to accompany the exhibition so we're really looking forward to that next year we think it's a really powerful show and as Penny said earlier you know at the Australian Design Centre we um, look to working with makers and designers and artists who um, have been working at the top end of their practice right through to um, those that are just starting out and emerging. So it's a 
a big responsibility, I think, to be able to showcase Australian craft and design in that context. Head to our website visualarts.net.au for more information on NAVA's advocacy and campaigns for improving the working environment for Australian artists and arts organisations.